Welcome to the Move Freely podcast, where you will learn skills that help you move freely in every aspect of your life. Right, so today we have Clara Carey from Your Gut Life joining us. So Clara has chosen a very interesting profession to go into, and now that I've been learning a little bit about it, I can't believe we haven't been taught this type of information before. So before we actually get into anything, Clara, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into this profession. Hi, thank you. Thank you for the invite to your podcast. So I studied biology and afterwards I started working in the pharmaceutical industry, actually. And during that time, I realized quite quickly that there seems to be like a miracle pill for every ailment out there, but nobody was really being cured. Um, So what I learned pretty soon is that nutrition is actually super powerful. And that happened after I watched a documentary about your gut microbiome, which I have never heard about before. And your gut microbiome actually is uh, like little microorganisms sitting in your stomach, in your intestine. And lots of those are good bacteria. And these little bacteria are actually responsible for who we are and how we feel. So I always knew this, the saying, you are what you eat, but I actually never knew how true it actually was. And then I, I dove deeper into this topic and I, I read books and I watched more documentaries and I was astounded. These little bacteria actually are responsible for our sleep, our mood, our weight, our our hair, our skin, everything you can probably imagine that makes you who you are and what you look like and how you feel. So that made me actually start studying nutrition because I, I learned pretty quickly that these little microbiome gut bacteria in your microbiome are actually influenced through what you eat. So what you put at the end of your fork matters so much. And as soon as I got into nutrition, um, I pretty soon wanted to even specialize a little bit more in the gut microbiome. And after a while, I started educating people and I started talking about it and people were astounded as well. Nobody heard about this before. So I decided to, to find this company and yeah, it's called your gut life because there's two, two things that actually it's your gut life. So in Germany, I'm from Germany. So gut means good, which means good. And um, it's also your gut life because it's your gut life that matters so much to your own life. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So when we talk about the gut, are we talking about the stomach or what, what actual area do we consider the gut? Okay, so you're, that's always a bit tricky for me with German and English, but what we're actually talking about is your intestine. So okay. your bacteria that we are talking about are housed in, in your intestine and in your intestinal wall. Okay, got you. And yeah. so I've read in places and seeing a lot of people saying that your gut is your second brain. What does that actually mean? I mean, is our stomach thinking for us or, although then again, my stomach does think for me often, but what does it actually mean? Yeah. Listening to your gut. Um, So basically your gut, your intestine has its own nervous system and it's called the enteric nervous system. And this nervous system contains 
of the same amount of nerve cells as your spinal cord. And what really blew my mind is that this nervous system can work completely independently from your brain. So that means if you would take your brain out or you'd be brain dead, your gut would still be able to continue working. Wow. Yeah. So another fact that I thought was mind-blowing is that 90% of your serotonin, so your happy, happiness hormone, gets produced down there in your gut. And 50% of your dopamine, which is also a happiness hormone, um, like a motivational hormone, gets produced down there in your gut. So these hormones are pr produced by your bacteria. So if your bacteria are low, your neurotransmitters, your happiness hormones are low. So again, you can influence this straight to, through food because food helps these bacteria to grow. They need food to grow okay. and, and to get diversity. And then, you know, they can fulfill their functions. Right. And you mentioned the microbiome earlier. Now, when I think of microbiome, for some random reason, I think of a dome with plants growing in it. What actually is the body's microbiome? Where is it? What is it doing? Okay, I like the dome with plants growing. It's actually not a bad thought. Um, not quite wrong. So your microorganisms, as we just discussed, sits in your intestine and in your digestive tract. tract. <laughs> and um, it consists of fungus, viruses, and these bacteria. And these... Um, you are controlled by these bacteria, basically. You know, they're all unique. There's thousands of different species. You can imagine it like the rainforest with thousands of different species. And all of these species have their own unique function and food preference. Um, yeah, so they, I, I always call them the friendly, my friendly roommates because of what I said. They, they're so important for us and they're actually there to help us. They're good. 80% of the bacteria living in your intestine are good bacteria or probiotics, if you want to call them like that. Yeah, so that, that, that sums it up. That's your micro, microbiome and with all its functions. <laughs> and how do we actually develop it? I've heard you mentioning by food, but we're all eating food already. So what's wrong? Why are some people's healthier than others? So basically, you are not born with your microbiome. You, you are basically born with a sterile biome. So there's hardly any bacteria in your stomach. But your first dose of good bacteria, you are actually getting while you go through the mother's birth canal. Um, so what happens is the good bacteria in the... Um, in, the um, in the birth canal, it's, they're lining the birth canal, they go via all kinds of, you know, the mouth and everywhere. They, they're entering your stomach, the baby's stomach, and then they start to proliferate and, and perform um, the breeding ground for all the future, good future bacteria to come. Now, what do you think happens when a baby gets born through a cesarean? They're obviously not getting that initial encouragement to, to make those nutrients flourish. Yeah. Exactly. So what happens is that they get actually um, what they what they get is the bacteria that are in the delivery room, you know, mainly bad bacteria, actually. And those 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 cause like colic, they can cause 
forms of autism. They can cause um, all kinds of weird behavior wow. in the child, allergies, asthma. They even link gluten intolerance to it, all kinds of intestinal problems later in life. So the, um, the outcome, the severe outcome is not quite in the beginning. It happens later in life. And they link it straight to cesarean-born babies because they didn't get this first indication of good bacteria. And another what? very important part is breastfeeding as well, actually. Because breastfeeding, through breastfeeding, 30% of your or of the baby's first bacteria is indicated, and then 10% comes from the contact of the skin. So 30% from the breast milk, 10% from the skin. And in fact, there the mother produces, specifically produces a carbohydrate in the breast milk that the baby's enzymes cannot break down. It's literally specifically for the baby's bacteria to grow. This biome gets built up up until the age of six to nine. Then it's then it's like ready to go. And then over the path of your life, it actually you've got your best and strongest microbiome around the age of twenty nine thirty, and then it goes downhill again, unfortunately. So oh no, yeah. So the diversity of your gut flora decreases the older you get. But the good news is you can influence that. Okay. So how do we do that? And how do we do that as fast as possible? Because my, in fact, before you share that with me, I've heard so much and researched so much on the quality of the vegetables and fruit that we are getting these days. They're not as high in nutrients. They're filled with pesticides. So I assume the quality of those foods aren't giving us the same effects that they used to. Mm-hmm. So we probably yeah. need to take more specific actions in order to help us aid the the development of the microbiome. Yeah, that's that's correct what you found out. So besides talking of, I mean, I haven't really talked about what these bacteria like to eat. So the bacteria like to eat fiber. Fiber is the, the part of the plant that your body cannot break down. Um, so it's the, the part of the plant that goes all the way through your intestinal tract to your intestine, where your bacteria sit. And those guys, your little roommates, they, they eat this. They eat the fiber. Unfortunately, nowadays, in a, like in a Western diet or normal diet, um, we eat a lot of sugar, white flour products. And those kind of sugars, short-chain sugars, get absorbed quite quickly here in the upper intestine already. So that means they never make it down, that food you eat, this kind of pizza, white flour, pasta, um, breads, whatever. They never make it all the way down to your intestine where your little friends sit. And so these guys start to starve and die. Okay, so and as, if, as you learn, these guys are important for us because they influence so much of our body functions. Um, so the outcome is severe. You know, we've got almost an epidemic of obesity and um, diabetes and uh, depression as well linked to this. So... Um, it's, it's important to eat fibrous foods. Fiber are your vegetables, your fruits, your legumes, and your whole grains. Those three uh, food groups are the important foods in order to make sure that you are feeding your little friends. And then also what you said correctly, look at the quality. So quality over quantity is something that I've started doing and implementing into my life. Because as you said correctly, unfortunately, most normal supermarket chains don't 
look after the quality of the of the of the products properly. So the vegetables have been sprayed with toxins and pesticides in order to kill all the bad bugs on the fields. But what actually happens is that you don't only just kill those bad bugs on the in the fields, you also kill the good bugs in your stomach when you eat that. Yes. So it's extremely important to to look for the quality and try and eat as much organic as possible when it comes to your fresh products products exactly okay so basically those pesticides that are killing the the pest insects are actually killing the bacteria inside your stomach as well correct you can imagine i mean um most supermarkets nowadays love to have these prepackaged salads you know and these like air plastic bags it's a known fact you can google it it won't take you long to find out that these air plastic bags are filled with pesticides and chemicals to keep these veggies fresh but everything living on these vegetables is dead including minerals but also the good probiotics because if you if you pick up a carrot right out of your garden and i know you've got a veggie garden which is great um (laughs) this little carrot contains a lot of good bacteria as probiotics but if you would spray your carrot those probiotics would be dead so you want to make sure that you get your products as fresh as possible transport kills the good bacteria pesticides and chemicals kills the good bacteria and long storage also kills the good bacteria and the minerals and vitamins after a while so fresh as fresh and organic as possible. Yeah. Yes. And I mm-hmm. suppose another conversation for another day is that everyone should actually be starting their own vegetable gardens, I suppose. Yes, yes, yes. It's also my, my wish. At the moment, it's not possible in the city, but I, I've got the vision. Yes, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And so now I've heard mention of people speaking about a leaky gut. And how... How frequently do you see something like a a leaky gut coming up and what does it actually mean? That's true. A leaky gut is something that's kind of normal nowadays as well. It's a chronic inflammation of your gut wall. You can can imagine your gut wall, the wall of your intestine, as like a a tablecloth. Yes. Okay. So a tablecloth that's really fine and no holes in it, that's a healthy gut wall, okay? Certain things can go through. Nothing can come through that shouldn't go through from your bloodstream into your gut and the other way around because this gut wall divides your intestine and whatever food goes through it and your bloodstream. So you obviously want to make sure that not everything goes into your bloodstream and vice versa. Now, these little bacteria, the roommates that we are always talking about, they are responsible for the health of your gut wall. If you don't feed these little bacteria with fiber, They start starving and they want to survive. So what they start doing is they start eating your gut wall. Okay. So what happens is your gut wall becomes leaky. It gets lots of holes like a cheese or like if this tablecloth, you would just take a scissor and cut big holes into it. And what happens is that the food particles can come through into the bloodstream uncontrolled and vice versa. You know, things can interchange that shouldn't interchange. Yes. And um, what also then happens, because we've learned 70% of your immune system sits actually in your gut, in your gut wall, it's housed in your gut wall. 
is that your immune system obviously starts to go into attack nonstop. So the people that have leaky gut don't only have a leaky gut wall with chronic inflammation, often diarrhea and bloating and really a lot of digestive issues. They also develop autoimmune diseases because the, the immune system is an overreaction the entire time. So it's, it, the cause is a low-fiber starvation diet for your friends. So again, if you make sure you're eating enough fiber, you won't have the problem to develop a leaky gut. Okay. Now, this makes me think of the, the more recent modern diets. For example, the paleo diet is low carbohydrates, higher proteins, if I remember correctly. So now what concerns me about that is that perhaps people aren't getting in enough fibrous foods as usual because, you know, I've even been part of this trend, this craze. You know, you can eat as much protein as you like, although that's not quite the fact. Mm -hmm. And you need to cut down on your carbohydrates. Now, what mm -hmm. you're saying is that those, car those carbohydrates you should actually be having, as well as many other foods. What yeah. is the, the advice that you would give to people who feel like they need to, to check their microbiome and perhaps improve it? Mm -hmm. So the one thing I always say is that elimination diets don't work unless you have a medical condition and your doctor advises you to. Okay, that's a different story. But if you're a normal, natural, healthy human being, you should not try and eliminate foods. In fact, you should try and have a balanced diet with a lot of variety. So for example, I try and, and eat a new vegetable and fruit every week. You know, I try and buy it and I've never seen it before and I try and make something with it because variety is key because as we know and um, learned, the, the microbiome, those little friends, they all have different food preferences. So the more different foods you eat, the more different bacteria you help to grow. And again, whole, whole foods, whole grain, for example, try to start with whole grain pasta instead of white flour pasta, brown rice, quinoa, um, buckwheat there are so many options actually that you can really pimp up your meals and you won't get bored of and another thing is legumes uh, i have never really eaten beans before like i, I used to have it when i won't, would go from mexican but i was never a big bean eater and now that it's uh, implementing so many different beans all kinds of colors lentils those are great great protein sources as well if you want to cut down a little bit on on dairy and meat and that Yes. And they are high in fiber again. And then obviously your fresh fruit and veg. That's, that's key and as much variety as possible. Okay. So should you be having those grains for every meal or is it one meal a day or how would you, you advise it to be consumed? So I would always try and have a combination of, um, of all three if possible. Okay. Mainly vegetable and fruit, and then add on your whole grain and your uh, your legumes. That's also why I became such a big fan of creating bowls. You'll see if you check out my profile, your gut life on Instagram or Facebook, you'll see that I make a lot of bowls. And in these bowls, it's really really easy to combine um, all the different food groups that you need. And you have an overview. You don't need a recipe really. 
are you going to just top it up with a bit of a nice sauce or dressing and you sort it and you'll also see that you'll stay full much longer so you won't crave as much and you won't snack as much as you probably normally do if you just had a pasta or something for lunch that said i'm not a food dictator <laughs> so <laughs> i you can have those little outbursts i'm by no means um as strict as it's as, as it might sound right now but what's important is and what we do at your gut life as well as we're building up a healthy base you know that's the most important thing to build up this healthy base your gut flora and then you'll also see that when you have these little outbursts and snack attacks you'll you'll deal with them in a much easier and better way and you'll very soon also notice you'll get more sensitive you know get to this this feeling back what your body really needs you'll pretty soon realize ah, i want my bowl back you know i miss this healthy food i actually had this with my husband a lot you know in the beginning he he he, he was a typical south african bry culture <laughs> person <laughs> and he just wanted his meat and his breads and salads were just a side and you know and then after a while now by now he's actually asking and begging me for my bowls and my healthy food even and every now and then we have a pizza and a pasta i mean you know but we in moderation that's always what i say and you you create fun and you 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 develop fun and and and, and excitement for the food and that's also something that i want to help people with because it can be fun and it's really delicious. Yes, well, having looked at your page and, and been following you, those bowls that you do make, I mean, I can make them in 10 to 15 minutes. They're extremely tasty. They've got all sorts in. So I really can confirm that they're an incredible meal and certainly filling. You know, mm. I never used to put carbohydrates with my, my meals and I fear I've ruined my microbiome from that but I am trying desperately to get it back to its peak health. And those bowls, and including the fermented foods, particularly the grains, I've seen such a difference. And you're right, I do crave it. I do crave that health. For example, I've just had my lunch and I pulled out all the fermented foods because my body just told me, you need this, which is wonderful to have that ability to read your body's needs much better. Absolutely. And I'm super, super stoked. It helps you. And by saying fermented foods, I actually haven't mentioned that yet. That is something really fun to get into too. You kind of create a little microbrewery in your kitchen. And I started doing it with my husband. He's obsessed with it by now. And we create the most <laughs> delicious fermented foods and kimchi and sauerkraut. We even started making our own kombucha now, which is so delicious. And just a quick one about fermented foods. So when you eat fermented foods, it's actually it's a double win because not only do you eat food for your bacteria and your roommates and your gut, you also introduce new good bacteria into your gut because while you do this little brewing in your glasses, and, and you can find videos about that on my page as well where I explain how to do it. It's really simple. Um, these vegetables are developing more good bacteria and these bacteria whilst in the glass are also building up amazing amounts of vitamins for example tons and tons of b vitamins vitamin k you know things or vitamins that people normally try and get through supplements these days because they feel they don't get enough of again if you have a healthy microbiome you will make sure that you also have these good vitamins you've got enough of them you don't need to take supplements 
You know, that's something I also want to give away because a lot of people always think they just need to take some supplements. But in fact, again, it starts in your gut. These little friends down there produce the vitamins for you if you feed them. Fantastic. So if people are interested in learning about their gut or improving them, where do they find you? So they will find me on Instagram. Um, can we share the link under the podcast? Yeah. Yes. On Instagram, on Facebook, and also on my website, uh, www.yourgutlife.com. Wonderful. Thank you. I will share that. And thank you so much for your time. That's absolutely fascinating. So thank you for inviting me.